If you would like to submit a story, topic, or have any other inquiries, please email submit at skibanewsnation.com. Also, you can email Jeremiah Skiba personally at jeremiah at skibanewsnation.com. Also, email Jake personally at jake at skibanewsnation.com. If you want to write us a letter, send us something, help support us, or just say hi, please send your letter to Jeremiah Skiba, P.O. Box 560-271, The Colony, Texas 75056. If you write us a letter, I'll do my best to write you back. Hey, Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, subscribe, and click that notification bell so you never miss an episode of Skiba News Nation. If you want to help support us, please consider becoming a Patreon where you will get exclusive content, shoutouts, and much more. And you can also support our channel by getting yourself some new Skiba News Nation merch. Thank you for coming on this journey with us as we continue to stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Skiba News Nation. Also, you can listen to Skiba News Nation podcasts on your favorite podcast platform. what it costs. I want to know what the truth is. And I hope that people, my son, anybody, if my name comes up, whether you like me, whether you agree with me or not, at least you can respect the fact that he's on a quest for truth. He's on a quest for truth. Welcome to Skiba News Nation. Bringing you unfiltered views, news, interviews, discussions, and more. And now, here's your host, Jeremiah Skiba, award-winning musician and son of Rob Skiba. Hey, Skiba News Nation family, welcome to episode 32 of Skiba News Nation. I'm your host, Jeremiah Skiba, and today we're going to be talking about the CDC admitting adverse effects, tourists, films, avalanche, recently declassified U.S. government stuff, UFO encounters on Fox News, are they spying on us through our walls, Kevin Hart hushing and protecting the Illuminati, an all-new Opus Corner, and for history, we're going to be talking about the famous Lee Harvey Oswald photo explained and Robert Tilton revisited memes and much more. So stay tuned. Now, without further ado, let me introduce my amazing co-host, Jake Graham. Welcome, Jake. How you doing? Hey, Jeremiah. Doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing good. We got a good episode, I think. Yes, I think so. Well, you want to dive right in? Let's do it. Let's do it. Hello, everyone. Uh, it's great to be here. This week, I wanted to look at some important stuff, right? We're so busy watching out for what's just ahead of us that we don't take time to enjoy where we are. And if you really think about that, 
this time right now, this moment we have right now is unlike any that we're going to have before it or any that's coming in the future. And if the world is heading quickly downhill towards a very kind of uh, dramatic and um, stressful time period, and all of these different elements are turning and changing and, and these acts are being committed upon mankind, let's just take a moment, take a breath, and be grateful of you know where we're at right now and, and count your blessings, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but also keep in mind that it's 2023, the year which the final battle in Avengers Endgame took place. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be getting into a, a couple very important stories this week. Uh, we're going to be watching a video. The CDC is admitting adverse effects. Wow, look, we were right all along, and all the people that have been banned and censored out the wazoo are being finally vindicated by what? Mainstream media? <laughs> Great. <laughs> announcing what we've been trumpeting this whole time don't trust the people in white lab coats their pockets are kind of green looking <laughs> and, and by green i mean stuffed full of money <laughs> yeah um the number of people blindly following along is disturbing the number of apathetic uninterested people that couldn't care less is even more disturbing <laughs> Right, but hey, don't worry, guys. That's why we here at Skiba News Nation are trying to share these stories, trying to keep people aware. Uh, you know, it's not going to be the Great Reset. It's going to be the Great Resist. <laughs> they will own nobody, and they will be happy. Uh, so <laughs> I thought that was pretty poignant, right? Yeah. Well, uh, let's go ahead and check out this first story it's uh, of course was posted on fox business the cdc finds possible safety issues with let's check this video out all right the cdc has are you ready identified a possible safety concern for some people who received pfizer's covid they say the would be linked to increased strokes in those who are aged 65 and up Dr. Mark Siegel joins us now. Doctor, a lot to get through with you. But um, in terms of this uh, warning about increased risk of stroke, that's just for the Pfizer shot or for the Moderna one as well? Morning, Lauren. It's just for the Pfizer and it's for the first 21 days after getting the shot in the age of 65 or older. They showed what's called a signal, an increased incidence of stroke. They didn't find that with Medicare data. They didn't find it with VA data. They didn't find it in the United Kingdom or Israel, or even with that self-reporting system called VIRS that everyone talks about, didn't find it. It doesn't mean it's not real. This is the safety link, which they take very seriously. Now they're going to try to investigate it over the next couple of weeks, and then the FDA advisory committee will meet on it to see whether it's real, a real association or not. There, in the meantime, it's a problem because those over 65 are a high-risk group. By definition, and they're the group that we've been trying to get to take if they haven't had a or if they haven't had COVID. Of course, man, what do you think that they are now admitting that there are adverse reactions happening from the Pfizer and that there's a lot of people all over the world commenting under these posts about go and get your wintertime experiment. Hey. And they're saying, hey, don't believe it. Warning, warning. We, we suffered consequences. Myocarditis, heart inflammation, 
died suddenly. You know, all of these things are, uh, you know, being kind of the spotlight of the mainstream media is finally turning and looking at what we've been saying all along, Jeremiah. Yep. And uh, is it surprise you that Fox Business is now reporting on what we've been canceled and banned for and, <laughs> uh, you know, censored on YouTube for? I mean, I, I think it is pretty crazy that YouTube did censor us for something that they're now admitting is, you know, that we were right all along. And I think it's, you know, interesting that we were called crazy for not wanting to do something. And now we might not be so crazy after all. So, so the complete narrative has changed, hasn't it? Oh yeah, let's check this out. You have to have permission to do everything. You have to have permission to marry the love of your life. You have to have permission to travel down the road when we have the inalienable right to travel from point A to point B. You people think you're free? You're not free. You're free-range chickens. That's what you are. You're free-range chickens held in an area. You're not allowed to go past. And if not, you go to jail or you get shot. Stay on the plantation. Do what you're supposed to do. Pay your taxes and shut up. A dollar an ounce. Gasoline can't go to 20 cents a gallon. We can all have, you know, thousands of acres of land to ourselves. The whole system crumbles. The entire system crumbles. The point being... You know, if we participate in the cattle game and act like cattle and ask permission and follow the mandates and we don't stand up and think for ourselves, of course, uh, of course, we're going to reap the consequences. And the, the thing I wanted to tie to this is, of course, check this out. A recent statistic, 94% of gay white men were, you know what, in the big medical experiment, right? Mm -hmm. It is the most participatory democratic demographic group aside from senior citizens i wonder why they they probably <laughs> represent the most beholden to the new woke kind of media infiltration of our culture and they are the ones participating in the most with all the propaganda and of course it says you know gay and lesbian adults have greater confidence that the you know what's are safe and more likely to be than uh, uh heterosexuals and it's it's so crazy that this is the 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 consequence of participating in kind of the media wokeness. This group, this demographic, is probably going to suffer from the most adverse effects uh, because they're the most participatory in the experiment. Rates were highest for non-Hispanic white gay men. Well, I mean, this leads right into, of course, uh, there's a lot of well-known celebrities that are passing away suddenly, uh, not all tied to the adverse effects. Some are, of course, uh, but check this out. You know, I know you're a big Elvis fan. You know, we yep. had Lisa Marie Presley passed away recently, and, and yep. I know you mentioned something very interesting regarding another son of a famous world stage performer, Evil <laughs> Knievel, the son of Evil Knievel, also passed away. Yeah, well, Bobby. I, you have a theory about that, man. What What's that theory? Okay, let's just start from Evil Knievel. Evil Knievel loved Elvis and loved his style, so he would use like like Elvis's jumpsuit. He would use that idea, but make it leather, so when he crashed, it didn't you know hurt him as much. And so, it's just kind of crazy that the day after Lisa Marie Elvis's only child dies, that Bobby Knievel dies the very next day. So I just thought that that was 
pretty interesting and uh, very sad uh, being a big Elvis fan. It, it, I, I, I was at a loss for words when I saw it. I was like, oh, because I, I had just seen her on uh, TV promoting the, uh, the new Elvis movie. And she was at like the Golden Globes or something. And it was a small clip and she looked messed up. Like she looked like there was something wrong with her. Oh. And I, I just felt for her. But I thought that that was pretty interesting about Bobby Knievel. <laughs> right right after. Yeah. You want to pull up that, that clip? Those Or not the clip, the two photos? Yeah, here's the picture of uh, the two outfits. Those uh, are cool jumpsuits. And, and both of their kids passed away around their same age i mean elvis's daughter passed away or the same age i mean elvis was when he passed away right uh about 10 years older uh lisa marie okay, was about so she, she was a little older. kind of okay ish, yeah you would think priscilla would die first i mean she she's in her 90s and nobody ever expected her to to just pass away like she did and i think that's why it's such a big shock but then bobby knievel dying and yeah. it's like What's happening? And now every time I get a notification on my phone, I'm like, oh my gosh, she's dead now. Like, who's who's next? <laughs> who's who's uh, uh, died suddenly now? You know. <laughs> that's what my wife has been pointing out to me. She keeps saying, you know, all these celebrities are dying. All these people that were, hey, you know, a lot of them being very pro, openly spoken about participating in the big medical experiment, maybe being paid off or getting endorsements from. Uh, you know Pfizer or whatever and then they're they're passing away uh, man it's just it's crazy um, and 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 the numbers of people that are just dying suddenly um, it can't all be blamed on it but it definitely is upping the numbers of of uh, people that seem to be you know like you said popping up on that notification <laughs> yeah it seems like every 15 minutes sometimes at least every day once a day it's it's crazy yeah. and a sad world out there. Yeah, we don't know when our last day is, and uh, that's why I shared that little meme last week about how we, you know, our our life is just like this vapor, and it's here one day and gone another. But uh, <laughs> this reminds me of uh, some crazy video I just recently watched of a, a tourist filming an avalanche for, you know, he filmed it a while ago, but he. Uh, <laughs> It was like collapsing in the distance, and he's like, oh, that's interesting, and then it reaches him. Check this video out of a tourist filming an avalanche. Oh, no. Oh, wow, how beautiful. I get to film this cool avalanche on that far mountain way over there. There's no way that's going to hit me. No way. It, it's, there's no way there's enough snow for that to make it all the way here oh my gosh it's like a wave oh is it slowing down uh i don't think so uh what do i what is it's getting pretty close oh god do i run do i hide what do i do oh he said oh god <laughs> oh god get ready it's coming. oh man man I hope he made it out okay. I guess he was because he well, posted the video. Yeah, he got the video out right. <laughs> oh man, what would you do in a situation like that? If I, uh, as soon as I saw falling, I would turn the other way and run. I mean, it's like that uh, tsunami that where everybody like the water receded, 
and everybody was out there like looking at everything and picking up shells and stuff and then it wow. came back you know which one i'm talking about yeah i like, killed a whole yeah, bunch I of do. people and i don't know I, I would just run the other way as fast as i could yeah it was kind of deceptively far in the distance right and mm -hmm. it still was like moving that fast and that deep when mm -hmm. it reached him can you imagine something like that and and you know i guess it happens just like in the blink of an eye like that like there's no time to even i mean even if he ran it would have got him you know yeah. so eventually he would have tired out i'm sure we have a another conspiratorial a video coming up here from dabu seven here's uh the davos agenda 2023 this is dabu seven Taking a look inside the agendas that are discussed inside of Davos, we covered some of this on the live stream, touching on the key points of this new system that they're rolling out. But today we have even more information talking about how these secret meetings are being conducted within Davos. So you've got all these people that are showing up for the bigger meetings that's catching the attention of the cameras and the eyes and ears of folks that are lurking around. But then in the inner chambers, there are secret meetings that no one knows any details about. They don't know who is involved in them. They don't know what is discussed. This all takes place behind closed doors. And it's not the bigger meeting that they have cameras set up in that they show us. And it seems this year they're trying to throw a head fake, especially after everything they talked about in their last meeting. It seems that the world has awakened to the Great Reset and what these goons are doing. They don't seem to care for that too much. So they're, they're changing up their verbiage. They're not using Build Back Better, the Great Reset. They're using simple phrases like a new system. But they're still on the same track in regards of talking about how to fix this world and how to do this all during this fourth industrial revolution which means digitizing everything and as they see it reducing the population of the planet and it seems china is on pace playing their part to do just that because the newest numbers are showing that china is going to lose more of a more in their population than any other country by 2030 and make of it what you will what is really happening inside of china right now but Davos went out of their way to bring some 5,000 military personnel into the streets with the security that was already there. The people in Davos right now that are trying to enjoy the winter games and the skiing are not happy. They are upset about all this, all the stops. And it looks like some of the bigger names purposely skipped out on this meeting. Now we talked about how Gates didn't show up, Soros last minute, and then we got a list 79 pages long that we went through on the live stream talking about everyone that did show up. Even though Bill Gates didn't show up, he had the CEO of the foundation and three other people show up. So there were representatives there, but all the big names themselves kind of slid back into the shadows. They could be there. No one knows for sure. If these guys got private aircraft, if they've got helicopters, this and that, there's ways around all of this and to sneak into places and they can be holding meetings at any time outside of Davos at this World Economic Forum. It seems like at this point, it's caught more attention than they like. 
And it's a good thing for the people because it seems like it's starting to take an effect on this where it's diminishing what they're doing. And that's power to the people. So we keep speaking the truth and spreading it out there and exposing their lies, their plans, and their deception. All right, so that leads into uh, some interesting stuff on my radar. Uh, another video we have, which is Elon Musk uh, kind of warning of a World Economic Forum lockdown plan coming in the future. Uh, here apparently is the, uh, the post from the video. Um, but it's just kind of Elon Musk exposing the World Economic Forum and their disturbing plan for COVID lockdowns in the future. Check this video out. Elon Musk just exposed the World Economic Forum's plan, and it's way worse than you may have even thought. Take a look at this. This is one part of this major revelation. So you can see this guy who is a reporter. I am someone who definitely enjoys anytime we see these people pressed and ask questions that are hard. Take a look at what he says. I bumped into the CEO the boss of Astra Z. If you don't know what Astra Z is, take a look right there. You can read that really fast. They also have released a, you can guess exactly what they released and what they made a ton of money from, what they profited massively from. Yes, it's that right and there. And even this guy's not even allowed to say himself. on YouTube. I can't say it out loud. If wow. you want to help to support this message, you can press like on the video. That's one way to help get this out to more people because YouTube is not going to recommend this on its own, most likely. I mean, it's very unlikely they will. Maybe if we get lucky, and I am very good at avoiding saying these words, maybe it'll trick YouTube and they'll still recommend it anyway. <laughs> but we're going to have to trick them. And one way to do that is by pressing the like button. But you can see he has now admi admitted that it never stopped the spread, what they, what he made millions and millions, hundreds of millions of dollars off of, it never stopped the spread, he's admitted that, but he still justifies mandates anyway. And then of course, after being pressed, this is, that's a picture, that's a video of him right there, after being pressed on it, he scrambles, and you can, I actually like this video if you want to go check it out, it's from Avi, you can go and search that on Twitter if you want to actually watch this video, but he comes and presses him on it, and he scrambles away behind security, of course he does. They're pushing for permanent mandates and lockdowns. Why? Because it makes them a bunch of money, obviously. I mean, money's the corporate here. They're making a, a, cr a crazy amount of money by pushing these things on you. And the fact that Elon Musk is now allowing us to expose it is extremely helpful. And he's, Elon Musk is actually finally turning the, the tide on these people. He's, he's finally starting to reveal the truth in a big way. You can see more things he's continued to do. So I'm about to show you exactly who's attending. But take a look at this. Master of the future, that doesn't sound ominous at all. How is the WEF slash Davos even a thing? Are they trying to be the boss of Earth? Says Elon Musk as he continues to call them out. He, of course, declined the invitation. Of course, he was invited. They want him part of their little club as well. But Elon Musk is not participating in that. He'd rather stay on the outside and show exactly how bad they are. My, my reasoning for declining the Davos invitation was not because I thought they were engaged in diabolical scheming, but because it sounded boring. Oh, well, that was what he said only about two weeks ago. Now, though, as Elon Musk is learning more information, he's starting to realize that there is actually some diabolical scheming that is going on, and he's starting to reveal it. Even Elon Musk has woken up now, and he's starting to use his platform to actually reveal the truth, because Elon Musk, just like a lot of other people, didn't realize exactly what was going on here. And what's crazy is they'll tell us, no, we're just conspiracy people. Take a look at this article coming in from CBC. 
We're just conspiracy people. It's not real. Come on. No, they're not planning anything. They don't want to make hundreds of millions of dollars off of these insane policies that hurt American people and hurt people around the world. Of course not. No, they're just good people trying to help the world. That's all they are. I mean, yeah, they may live in mansions and fly their private jets around while lecturing us about global warming and other things, but they're good people. Come on. It's just, that's a conspiracy. It's not real. No, no. These are just well-hearted, kind people who aren't trying to make money off of off of people having to go through terrible things. Of course not. They're, they're just good people, according to... I mean, how ridiculous can this get? Yes, we're just conspiracy people. I'm, I mean, literally, they're admitting that it doesn't actually work, a lot of the things they're pushing, but we're still going to profit off it anyway. That's what they're saying. They're admitting it. But somehow that's a conspiracy. I mean, my goodness, of course, of course it is. Take a look at some of the people who are currently there. At least 634 CEOs in Davos this year alone. Nearly one in four attendees. Big names include the Shell CEO, Amazon CEO Andy Jassy, Citigroup. Of course, I can't even say the name of that one. Of course, all of the major companies that release you-know-whats are, of course, there. And they're planning, huh, I wonder if it would be a bad idea to incentivize people to make hundreds of millions of dollars off of off of this and then have them also have a ton of power in the world. Huh, it's almost like that's not smart. Uh, this guy censoring himself just like we have to censor our content, Jeremiah. Isn't that interesting? Yep. Yeah, that is. Oh, man. I mean, if that doesn't get your conspiratorial senses tingling, then maybe <laughs> this will. It's a video of Kevin Hart hushing a guest about the Illuminati and how uh -oh. they get people to work for ungodly amounts of money. Check this out. I don't know if you've had this, but I've had people throw millions of dollars in my face to do something I didn't want to do. And what? Just, you've been off, yeah. Oh, they're in the room. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah. That was my way of yes, cueing you. Like, it's open dialogue. Yeah, you want me to keep talking about it? By, by all means, let's, we can keep talking about anything. But <laughs> but don't do it. Yeah, I'm just... I, so that's, no. That's, <laughs> what does that make you think of, man? That's pretty scary. I mean, it's just kind of... Especially with the music, makes you unsettled. Ominous. Big money being thrown around uh, in Hollywood, and and we we wonder why they're so beholden to the beast, why they push so many of these agendas. Well, it's because they're being paid to, y'all. Yeah. What do you What do you think? Oh man, that's crazy. Remind everyone, even though Elon Musk is exposing the truth and sharing all this stuff, you know, I I can't help but to wonder if he has some occult ties as well. You know, uh, you know. Apparently, this is Elon Musk's mother. Uh, Looks I mean, like Corella you can't really, Yeah, you can't judge a book by its cover. So, you know, maybe this is just an artiste. But uh, you know, it does look pretty, pretty dark and satanic. Just a, a a word to the wise: don't accept an angel in shining light because that's what the scriptures tell us the devil's supposed to come as, right? Mm -hmm. So. The moment somebody fulfills our every desire, uh, be wary because they could be just as well a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Sometimes it's it's hilarious to me how I don't know why my kids are always sick, <laughs> and yet this is what we're giving our kids. And the recently declassified U.S. government documents. Have you ever heard about a rule stating that U.S. government secrets have to be declassified after 50 years? Well, legal experts agree. 
This isn't really the case. If they don't want you to know about it, you're not going to know about it. So we're probably not going to know anytime soon about what goes on at Area 51. But that still doesn't stop the feds from declassifying all sorts of incredible stuff and all rather recently. Here are four incredible things that have recently been declassified. Did the US government create the Unabomber? <laughs> In 1977, then-CIA director Stansfield Turner testified in secret congressional hearings that the U.S. government, led by the CIA, had engaged in a wide-ranging program to study the use of biological and chemical materials in altering human behavior. The experiments, conducted over the course of at least 11 years, were devised to render the induction of hypnosis easier. According to Turner, it was to, quote, enhance the ability of individuals to withstand privation, torture, and coercion, and produce amnesia, shock, and confusion. Sponsored by the CIA and carried out through at least 86 different institutions, including hospitals, universities, and the military, the MKUltra program subjected thousands of American citizens to mind control experiments, often involving hallucinogenic drugs such as LSD, often against their own will and without their knowledge, with medical professionals later testifying before Congress that the behavior was unethical and indeed illegal. It's believed that the CIA conducted a total of 162 distinct projects from the late 1950s to 1973, producing tens of thousands of pages of written records. The majority of these records were purged without ever being made public, but a shocking 8,000 pages escaped the destruction and they were found in 1977, which launched multiple congressional investigations. Yet to this day, no one has ever been prosecuted and the real scope of the program has never been detailed. However, there is one suspected victim of MKUltra, who you've probably heard of, a brilliant young maths prodigy and eccentric undergraduate at Harvard University. Theodore John Ted Kaczynski would later go on to become the infamous Unabomber, the subject of a multi-year manhunt involving hundreds of FBI investigators and a dozen states. Kaczynski, just 17 in his sophomore year at Harvard, volunteered for a psychological study under Dr. Henry Murray, who also happened to be an employee of the CIA. Kaczynski was given the CIA codename Lawful. He would be the youngest documented victim of the MKUltra experiments. Over the course of the following three years, Murray subjected Kaczynski to psychological and emotional abuse verging on torture. In sessions totaling at least 200 hours, he berated Kaczynski for his political and spiritual beliefs. In extended interrogations, Murray belittled, insulted, and sought to utterly destroy young Ted's psychological and emotional defenses, possibly with the assistance of LSD and other psychoactive drugs. In the years following these experiments, Kaczynski erratically cut himself off from modern society, living in a tiny shack in the woods of Montana. In 1978, he began a terror campaign, sending parcel bombs to university facilities around the country, killing three people and injuring dozens more. In 1993, he began writing to newspapers, seeking to publicize a rambling anti-capitalist manifesto. The manhunt for Kaczynski lasted nearly two decades. Neither the investigation nor the trial ever revealed to the public the extent to which potential CIA influence had shaped Kaczynski into a killer. The public at large didn't become aware of this potential connection until it was publicized in the hit true crime miniseries Manhunt on Netflix in 2020. Paul Bettany said of playing Kaczynski in the series, I don't think one can feel sympathy for him, but I think we can feel empathy for a brilliant, incredibly damaged young child who was experimented upon. COINTELPRO The FBI tried to bully MLK into suicide. 
Perhaps no single American in the latter half of the 20th century ever amassed more power than the dry and humorless J. Edgar Hoover, director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation for an incredible 37 years, serving under six presidents. Or rather, according to some, having six presidents serve under him. Among Hoover's many questionable decisions and probable abuses of power, Coenzel Pro has emerged as one of the worst and most widespread. Between at least 1957 and 1971, Hoover oversaw a campaign of psychological warfare which targeted individuals and groups seen as dissidents by Hoover and the FBI. He ordered the FBI to expose, disrupt, misdirect, discredit, or otherwise neutralize political opposition to U.S. leadership. During this period, American political and paramilitary organizations, including the Black Panthers, the Minutemen, and the Ku Klux Klan, were variously targeted for intimidation, as well as being secretly infiltrated and even funded by the FBI and encouraged to carry out violent attacks, including assassinations. Under the program, Attorney General Robert F. Kennedy personally authorized the FBI to wiretap the civil rights activist Martin Luther King on a trial basis for a month or so. Agent William Sullivan, head of Co-Intel Pro under Hoover in 1964, wrote the following, and please be warned of a racially charged word here. In the light of King's powerful demagogic speech, we must mark him now, if we had not done so before, as the most dangerous Negro of the future in this nation, from the standpoint of communism, the Negro, and national security. In the same year, the FBI sent MLK a letter in an apparent attempt to convince the Reverend to commit suicide. The letter stated, King, like all frauds, your end is approaching. Your Nobel Prize, Otter Grimm farce, and other awards will not save you. King, I repeat, you are done. King was assassinated by white supremacist James L. Ray in April 1968. Many continue to allege that Ray was backed by the FBI. The program came to light unofficially in 1971 when an activist group burgled the FBI field office in Media, Pennsylvania, and they leaked a number of documents to the media. However, many of the government's own internal files remained classified for decades, with only heavily redacted versions of some of the files being made public through a 1976 congressional investigation. Finally, in 2016, in response to a Freedom of Information Act FOI request from the Center for Constitutional Rights and Color Change, which was issued on the 50th anniversary of the Freedom of Information Act, the FBI disclosed details of a broad campaign against black civil rights activists. The reports showed that civil rights activists have been targeted, followed, and surveilled without suspicion of a crime having been committed or planned. The Men Who Stared at Goats and Nothing Happened it seems too funny to be true, but it is. Between about 1972 and until as late as 1995, the CIA, variously with the cooperation of the US DOD and the Stanford Research Institute, SRI, funded and ran various programs exploring the potential for remote viewing and intelligence gathering and the potential of ESP, that's extrasensory perception, as a means of warfare. It all seems to have begun around 1970 when US intelligence sources in the Soviet Union divulged that the USSR had allocated about 60 million rubles, a little less than a million dollars, for psychotronic research. It's entirely possible that this information was false, intended merely as disinformation. However, in the apparent spirit of the age, the CIA was intrigued enough to contact psychics and paranormal researchers Russell Targ and Harold Pothoff to create ScanAid, scan by a coordinate at the SRI, to develop the ability to do remote viewing of locations that the subject does not have access to in the 
physical sense. In 1972, the two program leads discovered a promising candidate with seeming ESP abilities, an Israeli-British man named Yuri Geller. Geller, who claimed to be a descendant of Sigmund Freud, was an illusionist and nightclub entertainer whose shtick included spoon-bending, mind-reading, the ability to control the flow of time, or at least control the rate James of which they James Randi exposed him. He also claimed to be able to kill goats by staring at them. This was never confirmed. Targ and Pathoff, apparently impressed with Geller's abilities, produced a report claiming proof of success in remote viewing. However, when U.S. Defense Department psychiatrist Ray Hyman was dispatched to examine Geller, his report described Geller as a complete fraud and accused Targ and Pathoff of farcical attempts at rigorous science. An article in Time magazine in 1973 described the encounter as such. In one case, Geller asked Lawrence to think of a number between 1 and 10 and to write it down as large as possible on a pad. While Lawrence wrote, Geller made a show of concentrating and covering his eyes with his hands. But Hyman, carefully observing Geller, noticed that the Israeli's open eyes were visible through his fingers. Thus, Geller was probably able to see the motion of Lawrence's arm as he wrote and to correctly identify the number 10. Knowing how to read arm movements, Hyman notes, is important to every magician. Targ and Pathoff, humiliated in Time magazine and in Hyman's report, lost their contract. So, what then happened to the program? Well, it absolutely continued, of course, despite repeated exposure of the program's subsequent leaders as engaging in motivated reasoning and reporting unscientific speculation as science, the U.S. Department of Defense, flush with the kind of money only the U.S. Department of Defense has, continued to fund the project from the money that Congress had already appropriated, despite all objective analysis concluding that it was a joke and the victim of what one DoD staffer called the giggle factor. So, research at SRI continued right along. In 1977, it was claimed that a research assistant at SRI had correctly located a downed SR-71 Blackbird, but this was never confirmed. Finally, in 1995, the program was transferred unceremoniously to the CIA for a retrospective evaluation of nearly 25 years of research involving up to 22 paid army staff and dozens of civilian remote viewers. The report, authored again by a now understandably exasperated Ray Hyman, the psychologist who had exposed Geller in the first place, stated, Psychologists such as myself who study subjective validation find nothing striking or surprising in the reported matching of reports against targets in the Stargate data. The overwhelming amount of data generated by the viewers is vague, general, and way off target. The few apparent hits are just what we would expect if nothing other than reasonable guessing and subjective validation are operating. Wow. Alrighty. What were some of the things that stood out to you in that one? Well, I mean, uh, we talked about the Unabomber and MK Ultra in episode 11, I think it was. And, uh, I, I just think, yeah, there's so much stuff that they're hiding. I mean, oh, yeah. and why won't they release certain things? You know, why are they keeping it from the American people? Yeah, I thought it was interesting that he said, if they don't want us to know about it, we won't know about it. Even yep. if there's this whole, you know, 50 year cycle of releasing documents. But uh, that brings me to some stuff that's being reported once again, going mainstream being reported on Fox News, a video of a UFO encounter. Check this out. Sweet. There it is. Yeah, yeah I wish it was that like, <laughs> clear. Yeah. So history has recorded the first big UFO sighting in the United States is 1947 in Roswell, New Mexico. Very famously, right outside Roswell. But actually, 
there was in some sense a bigger and more significant event citing two years before also in New Mexico at exactly the moment the US government was detonating the first atomic weapon shortly thereafter used in Japan and witnesses on the ground saw some kind of object shaped like an avocado they said crash land it was inspected by a lot of locals there were beings inside they said and it was carted away by the US government now People don't want to be called crazy, so no one said too much about it for quite some years. But people within the U.S. government believe it's true, and they believe it so strongly that now, as of this week, the Defense Department's annual spending bill will require, as per Congress, the Pentagon to go back and investigate what really happened. Nick Pope is a former U.K. Ministry of Defense official who's followed this subject very closely. He joins us to assess. I like Thanks this guy. Thanks so much for coming on. So this is a story that most... I think Americans are not even aware of, but clearly people within the U.S. government believe it's real or they wouldn't have attached this to a spending bill, correct? Correct, yes. This is being called the Roswell before Roswell. And you're right, people with some knowledge of these intelligence programs who've been briefing Congress about this made sure that this was put into the legislation. And it's, some, it's one of many UFO provisions in the new defense bill. The uh, DOD must provide Congress with a list of everything they've found out about this, this specific incident, but all other incidents and programs uh, from January 1st, 1945 onwards, and anyone involved in these programs or with information about it will be released from their secrecy oaths and non-disclosure agreements, and they'll be able to testify to Congress about this. So here we have the nuclear connection again. This was around the first detonation in, in human history of a nuclear device. Subsequent to that, you've had UFO sightings at nuclear missile bases, around nuclear-powered aircraft carriers, nuclear-powered submarines. There's a clearly some nuclear, I mean, I don't pretend to understand, but nuclear has some connection to these sightings, no? That seems to be the case. And again, uh, Congress is demanding answers on this. We had the uh, latest report from the Office of the Director of National Intelligence uh, last week that highlighted the fact that there were several hundred more sightings being investigated, military sightings, than we'd heard of uh, before. Talked about unusual flight characteristics and performance uh, parameters of this. And yeah, we must get to the bottom of this UFO and nuclear connection. Yeah. I mean, I would think it feels like we're getting closer. I hope. Nick Pope, thank you for your work on this. Appreciate it. Speaking of uh, UFO encounters and nuclear power plants, check this video out of a chemical power plant set ablaze in Illinois. Whoa. Wow. That's not good. And uh, <laughs> warning residents not to touch green substance released. So this has just recently happened. Am I allowed to go home tonight? Oh. <laughs> that guy. Am I allowed to go home tonight? <laughs> oh, man. Well, if it was uh, anything so, like Chernobyl, I mean, I wouldn't go home that night. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, just a, a, a last couple stories here for everyone before we move on to our next segments. Uh, there's a really cool website I want to share with you guys. Uh, it's a 18 maps of the United States that made us say, whoa. Uh, so I was getting a kick out of looking at this. This one is one out of service railways. 
Uh, here's the red areas feature a total population greater than the gray. Um, the blue states have a smaller population than Los Angeles County. Wow. You know, that's Los Angeles County in the red. Uh, the red and orange sections have equal populations. So just showing you the population density of the coasts. Uh, tree cover visualized. That was very interesting. Light pollution from coast to coast. If you want to see some stars, I guess get out to the Midwest. Uh, the loudest and quietest, quietest spots in the continental U.S., uh, looks like down here in Texas, they're, yeah, they're pretty quiet. partying it up, man. Oh, we're par <laughs> oh, it's the other way around. Yeah, it says it's a hot spot. Oh yeah. All right, we have uh, counties with a GDP over a hundred billion. This is like where the billionaires live, I guess. Um, population spikes from a angle, so you got a lot of people up here in New York, Northeast America, then of course the West Coast. Uh, states resized according to population density. I thought that was, that was a pretty cool visual. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it still kind of looks like the U.S., I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, the most efficient road trip through every Springfield in the country. <laughs> I live really close to a Springfield, Missouri, so that's kind of funny to me. This goes right through our neck of the woods. <laughs> uh, land use illustrated. That was pretty cool. Eight, eight million miles of highways and roads. Uh, hey, man. Uh, the the Roman roads, right? We're the new Rome, I guess. Yep. Um, dominant regional weather types. Uh, that was pretty cool. Air made <laughs> of hot soup. <laughs> <laughs> or nightmare tornado zone. Or snow-covered moonscape. Uh, mystery belt. <laughs> Hurricane terror area. Uh, on fire. That's hilarious. <clears throat> Broken up in air traffic control zones. Interesting. Uh, this is, oh. you know, if you plan to build an airship this would be significant for you mm -hmm. uh use of the word dang across the continental u.s dang. in the southern the babel belt bible belt dying all dang. right popular coffee shops chains by number of locations you got dunkin donuts caribou and starbucks all right uh, regions that do not officially celebrate columbus day who cares but anyways uh one of those interesting little maps i want to show you guys um an interesting one. Uh, Apple slashes CEO Tim Cook's pay by 40% after a shareholder's revolt. So this guy was getting paid the big bucks to go out on that stage. Last article uh, or video I wanted to share with us is the glitter conspiracy. This one kind of got my wheels turning. Check mm. this video out called the glitter conspiracy so there's this main glitter manufacturing it's called glitter x glitter x and one guy from the new york times went it was like weirdly top secret he was talking to one of the higher ups yeah because there's a shortage yeah so that's the biggest thing there's like, like there's a shortage was, in the world he started talking to him just because he's like okay so there's a shortage what's happening who's your bit like he's just asking questions yeah, yeah and so he's at, he asked if he can get a, a tour of the place and the guys like absolutely not <gasps> he said you can't even be in a room next to it and hear how it's being made what what about the sound of it being made would Don't know. Ruin what if it's just secret? aliens? <laughs> I need you to make this glitter now. Ah, Santa. <laughs> but there's there's one company, she said, that is the biggest buyer of all glitter. And he says, what is it? And she said, like, I can't tell you that. He said, if I looked at it, would I know it's glitter? Talking about the product that they use this glitter and the main buyer of glitter. And she said, no, not really. They don't want anyone to know that it is glitter. They don't want anyone to know it's glitter. 
I, I've seen a couple videos on that. It, 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 that's, I mean, what do you think it is? What do you think that big product I don't know. is? Is it like car I paint? Mean, the scariest thought would be like, are they putting it in our food or something like that? And they're just like calling it like, oh, red dye fifty. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know, like what that would Glitter be. Glitter scenario, I guess. But it makes you wonder where are they, you know, how are they making these various colors of glitter? And, you know, could it have harmful, you know, repercussions on people that everybody are knows it? And, you, and that's the bottom You get line. it under the sea. That's how you get it. It's, nah, I just made that up. The <laughs> I, don't, yeah, I don't know how you make it. <laughs> you get it from the glitter fish. You know, the fish that when you, you milk it, you know, the little, Scales. little cups of color. Yep. <laughs> All right. Moving on from that, uh, that's all we have for news today. Thanks for, you know, entertaining some of these stories, Jeremiah. Well, thank you as always. Another great current news, and uh, I really appreciate it. And I'm sure the viewers do as well. And I think it's time for an all-new Uppa's Corner. So take it away, Uppa. My hut, der hat drei Ecken. Drei Ecken hat mein hut. Und hat er nicht drei Ecken, dann ist es nicht mein Hut. Okay, let's get started on this week's stories. A man in the Old West was being tried for stealing a horse. You need to remember that stealing a horse in the Old West was a very grave and serious offense. A person could be hanged if found guilty of such a deed. It so happened that the man whose horse had been stolen had always made it a point to get the best of any person with whom he had any dealings. He had never tried to do any good for anyone other than himself. Consequently, he didn't have a single friend in the entire town. The case was tried and presented to the jury. The evidence against the accused man was pretty strong. After about 30 minutes of deliberation, the jury returned to the court chambers. Gentlemen of the jury, have you reached a verdict? The judge asked. The chairman of the jury stood up. Yes, we have, your honor, he replied. What is your verdict? inquired the judge. There were a few moments of silence, and then the chairman spoke. We find the defendant not guilty if he will return the horse. <laughs> After the judge had silenced the laughter in the courtroom, he admonished the jury. I cannot accept that verdict. You will have to retire until you reach another verdict, said the judge. The jury went back into their room to deliberate toward another verdict. No member of the jury had any particular liking for the man whose horse had been stolen. At one time or another, he had gotten the best of each of them. About an hour passed before the jury could reach another verdict. They re-entered the courtroom, they took their places in the jury box, and the courtroom grew silent. Gentlemen of the jury, began the judge, have you reached a verdict? The chairman of the jury stood up. Yes, we have, your honor, he replied. What is your verdict? asked the judge. 
The courtroom was totally silent. You could have heard a pin drop. Everyone eagerly awaited the verdict. The chairman read the decision reached by the twelve good men, tried and true. We find the defendant not guilty, and he can keep the horse. (laughs) (laughs) The Reverend Francis Norton woke up Sunday morning and realizing it was an exceptionally beautiful and sunny early spring day, he just decided that he had to play golf. So, he told the associate pastor that he was feeling sick and convinced him to say Mass for him that day. As soon as the associate pastor left the room, Father Norton headed out of town to a golf course about 40 miles away. This way, he knew he wouldn't accidentally meet anyone he knew from his parish. Setting up on the first tee, he was alone. After all, it was Sunday morning, and everyone else was in church. About this time, St. Peter leaned over to the Lord while looking down from the heavens and explained, You're not going to let him get away with this, are you? The Lord sighed and said, No, I guess not. Just then, Father Norton hit the ball, and it shot straight towards the pen, dropping just short of it, rolled up and fell into the hole. It was a 420-yard hole in one. St. Peter was astonished. He looked at the Lord and asked, Why did you let him do that? The Lord smiled and replied, Who's he going to (laughs) tell? A family had twin boys whose only resemblance to each other was their looks. If one felt it was too hot, the other thought it was too cold. If one said the TV was too loud, the other claimed the volume needed to be turned up. Opposite in every way. One was an eternal optimist, the other a doom and gloom pessimist. Just to see what would happen on Christmas Day, their father loaded the pessimist's room with every imaginable toy and game. The optimist's room he loaded with horsey. That night, the father passed by the pessimist room and found him sitting amid his new gifts, crying bitterly. Why are you crying? the father asked. Because my friends will be jealous and I'll have to read all these instructions before I can do anything with this stuff. And I'll constantly need batteries and and my toys will eventually get broken answered the pessimist twin. Passing the optimist's twin's room, the father found him dancing for joy in the pile of hay. What are you so happy about? he asked. To which his optimist twin replied, There's got to be a pony in here somewhere! (laughs) And now for the funnies.
Boy of the Month Awards. Let's hear it for Gary, who invented a roll of tape that actually has no starting edge. <laughs> The Daily News. No progress seen in proof reader strick. <laughs> I wouldn't concern myself with a fine print, kid. It's all perfectly standard legalese. You know. The usual mumbo-jumbo-dumbo. <laughs> Two math for dummies at sixteen ninety-nine each. That'll be fifty dollars. <laughs> In this dramatic turn of events, Testimony against Mr. Pumpkin Eater is about to be given by his sister, Jeannie Jeannie Itsukini. <laughs> and so I've reached the conclusion, gentlemen, that the Wonker Wiener Company is riddled with incompetence. <laughs> Donuk shows off his Swiss army rock. <laughs> oh no, we're trapped in here. The street is closed. <laughs> Hey, look what Zog do. <laughs> the vacuum cleaner. It's mad and it's cordless. <laughs> <laughs> He's been there as long as I can remember. I think he was trying to open one of those little plastic baggies. <laughs> Yoga for dogs. Upward dog, downward dog. Upside down dog, squirrel. <laughs> Circa 1970, somewhere in a New Jersey basement. Blinded by the light. Hmm. I like it. 
The next verse should be something totally unintelligible that could be grossly misconstrued by millions of listeners. <laughs> oh, man. General Store. Sidekicks. How much is that sidekick in the window? <laughs> so, you admit that this is indeed your banjo the police found at the scene, but you expect this jury to believe that you were never in the kitchen with Dinah? <laughs> I used to like those guys, but I discovered a new sound. The can openers. The pull tops. <laughs> Baggage claim. Oh! <gasps> <laughs> So much for showing her how comfortable it is. <laughs> hang them, you idiots, hang them. String them up as a figure of speech. <laughs> Gone with a cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, son. There's no app for that. <laughs> She's such an overachiever. Oh, four steps to the left and three to the right. What kind of dance was I doing? <laughs> Mashed potato. <laughs> Bad dog. Drop mommy's voodoo doll. Bad dog. <laughs> Give me a hand here, boys. It's young Will Hawkins. Dang fool tried to ride into the sunset. <laughs> See? No monsters under the bed. Now go to sleep.
Who are we kidding, Luke? We know this is going to be just another standoff. <laughs> well, we're ready for the male's 100 meter freestyle. And I think we can rest assured that most of these athletes will select the dog paddle. <laughs> Still couldn't find my other sock. <laughs> I've heard about this my whole life. <laughs> and that concludes Opa's Corner for this week. My hut, der hat drei Ecken. Drei Ecken hat mein Hut und hat er nicht drei Ecken, dann ist es nicht mein Hut. Opa's Corner is now available on my own YouTube channel. Like, share, and subscribe. Thank you, Opa, for another great Opa's Corner. Yeah, that was good. All right, well, it's time for history. So to start history, I want to show you a funny clip, but since YouTube likes to censor us, I want to pull up this first picture to give you like a little key of kind of what the video is saying. So you can pull up that. All right. So the first one is the C. The second one is the V. And if you see the C or the, the last one, if you see that, it's a C and then a V. Okay. I guess that's fair enough, right? Yeah. Okay. Now let's play that clip. And so that's the reality. The reality, the way they interface with the world is through cannabis. Like they're, they're it's just, too much. It's probably, but some people are fine with it. And then everybody's on pills, right? I mean, there's the amount of people that are on SSRIs or depression meds or anxiety. I mean, it's, it's a massive amount of people. It's a lot of people. There's so much money in it. Yeah. Just get Stop with the pills. Ugh. Just get a call every four months. You'll feel better about whatever's wrong. Will you? Yeah. I mean, my aunt's on her ninth booster, and she feels great. <laughs> she calls it, get boosted. I just got boosted. Yeah. She's <laughs> great. Her eyes are blood red. She's, you know. I wonder if people get addicted to doing it. Oh, there's, by the way. Like, they want to do it more we're often. We're going to read. nervous. We need an article about the person who's gotten a hundred times. What, what's the person alive that the most times there's, right now for definitely somebody who's gotten way more than they should have. what's the number you think Ooh, i don't know like you know how like people that are hooked on oxys they go to a different yes. doctor yes. especially before the i had a friend i forget what his injury was but he got on oxys in texas and then he moved to california and got on oxys with a different doctor right and was getting both doctors to prescribe him and then he went off the rails doctor shopping yeah they call it well, yeah. it's the fact that I guess the, the doctor in Texas didn't know that the doctor in L.A. was giving it to him. Right. So he's getting double dose and then he was getting it on the street. And yeah. then the next thing you know, like he's on. 
Yeah. It was pretty normal before that happened. Yeah, there's definitely, there's there's got to be people that are abusing. Like, what? So I just thought that was pretty funny. I, I mean, the, the fact that they can talk about oxys, and we could talk about that on YouTube, and addiction and stuff, but if we bring up the other topic, it's a no-no. We get in trouble for it, which is pretty crazy to me. I mean, like, it, it blows my mind. But um, yeah, the narrative's being flipped, man. Now it's becoming more and more mainstream to talk about what we've been talking about all along. Which well, they is, better take our strikes away. Wake up, people! <laughs> yeah, take those strikes away, YouTube. We're everybody else is doing it now. Yep. All right. So this next clip is has nothing to do with that other video. It's uh, my JFK revisited part three. This is my last JFK for a little while. Um, but I just wanted to talk about this photo right here and why it's so important. So let's go ahead and play that next clip. U.S. President John F. Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas, Texas on November 22nd, 1963. Within hours of his death, a gun was found in a nearby building and police arrested the accused killer, Lee Harvey Oswald. Oswald denied it. I didn't shoot anybody. He said somebody had set him up. I'm just a Patsy. But when the Dallas police searched his belongings, they found these. Two photos of Oswald posing in his backyard, holding the gun that killed the president. The photos definitively linked Oswald to the murder weapon and made the case against him airtight in the minds of investigators. But when they showed Oswald the photos, he insisted they were fakes and that his head had been superimposed onto someone else's body. I mean, it looks him. like it. The next day, Oswald was shot to death while in police custody, sparking rumors that the US government was covering up the real story of the assassination and who else might be involved. And this photo, which has been scrutinized, deconstructed and reconstructed ever since, is at the heart of it. If these photos are fake, it suggests a far-reaching conspiracy framed Oswald for a crime he said he didn't commit, or at least didn't commit on his own. This is the most notorious of the backyard photos. It appeared on the cover of Life magazine in February 1964 and circulated in global newspapers. People were quick to notice something odd. The rifle on the cover of Life had a telescopic sight, and in other news outlets, the scope was gone. The news outlets explained they retouched the photo before printing and inadvertently altered the appearance of the rifle. But the controversy convinced people around the world the photo was fake. There's me, and there's Lee. Now this is 214 West Neely Street in Dallas, Texas, where Lee Harvey Oswald... Now we're going to line up those photos again just to show you guys photos how it very much could have been doctored. in a little bit, we're going to recreate those photos as me as Lee Harvey Oswald, showing exactly how they match up. And big shout out to my mom and my lovely girlfriend, who here in a second are going to help me line up that picture perfectly. The things we do for you guys here on Skiba News Nation... I wouldn't do this by yourself, I don't recommend it, but we did it just for you guys. So here we're walking through somebody's backyard. Um, there are no signs, no anything. And then as soon as my mom turned around, you can tell. That is the famous place. The famous doctor photo. There's Lee, there's me, there's Lee, and there's me. One more time, there's Lee and me, and then the other photo. Wow, man. Lee, me, Lee, me. 
Those photos were taken in March of 1963. His wife would be taking the photos. So we decided to leave a little bit after that because we didn't want to be, you know, random. I will say that was backyard, a very scary thing to be in somebody's day. backyard. I mean, those photos have been studied by people all throughout history. And, and so there are still people living there. To do this as a historical piece of video that you guys could enjoy and we could share with you guys. Now, I'm not glorifying Lee Harvey Oswald, but I'm just saying that I don't think that he was a lone gunman with the JFK assassination. I think he was set up. So, I wanted to show you guys this. In the Skiba News Nation shop, I, I made this new Lee Harvey Oswald Patsy t-shirt. If it's still up, that, that is if it's still up. They flagged my first one, but... I think I got through this last time, but yeah, isn't that crazy, Jake? Just the the cropping of the face, and it just looks kind of doctor, doesn't it? I think it's amazing you guys found the actual location that that photograph took place. Uh, it's crazy to think that people live right where a piece of history happened, you know? Yeah, and I mean, we're very lucky in Dallas that they somewhat preserve history, whether they do that on purpose or not, I don't know. But uh, yeah, it is. Uh, we don't know how much longer it's going to be there, so we decided that we just walk right into their backyard and you know film that because I looked on YouTube and not a whole lot of people besides like docu documentarians have have been able to get back there. So we just went for it. My mom was like, "We're going," so, so we went right in the backyard and she turned around and I was like, "Oh my gosh." Like he was standing right wow. here. It's so crazy. But uh, yeah, so I just wanted to talk about that picture and why it's so important, I think, to the JFK case. And um, I was looking, this next clip, I was looking for this, this particular clip when I was talking about my theory, but I couldn't find it anywhere. So I had to do some deep, dark Google searches and I finally found it. And this is more evidence to back up my theory. So check this out. An East Texas man thinks he can prove that John F. Kennedy was killed by a conspiracy. Could his theory be right? One East Texan thinks he can solve the controversy over who killed JFK, and he's going through a sewer system to get there. Like many Americans, Smith County resident Jack Brazil just doesn't buy the Warren Report's explanation of President John F. Kennedy's assassination. For the past nine years, Brazil has been exploring every bit of fact and speculation he can get his hands on. And now he hopes to find some answers in the sewers of Dallas. At the time of the assassination, Jack Brazil has studied the Warren Commission's report on President John Kennedy's assassination closely. And like many Americans, he finds too many questions left unanswered. When you try to hit a moving target at 88 yards through heavy foliage, no way. Yeah. Was there more than one gunman? Was it a conspiracy? And was there CIA mafia involvement? For nine years, Brazil has explored every fact and theory he could get his hands on. Now he hopes to explore the storm drains and sewers near Dili Plaza in Dallas, where he thinks the other gunman escaped on that day, November 22nd, 1963. I would hope to find something concrete 
would be considered evidence in the assassination of, of President Kennedy. It could be a belt buckle, it could be a wallet, it could be a shoe, it could be uh, uh, anything that could be used in a court of law to prosecute someone for the murder of our president. Brazil will take eight volunteers to Dallas February 22nd to launch his underground investigation. He hopes to solve a mystery that in some ways has been part of his life since he was three years old and in a boarding school with Lee Harvey Oswald in Algiers, Louisiana. The questions escalated during the years he lived in New Orleans, and now Jack Brazil wants to help find some answers to one of our country's great tragedies. Did Oswald act alone? Those possibilities draw hundreds of people each day to the site of the assassination, Dealey Plaza, the Grassy Knoll, and the former school book depository. Jack Brazil has a theory. He believes the gunman could have been hiding in the storm sewer along the motorcade route. He could see the motorcade, he could see uh, the lead car and the four motorcycles, he could see the, uh, the president, and he had a perfect view of the president. Brazil plans to search the sewer system around Dealey Plaza this weekend, looking for clues. When I'm here, in shock, Others look for answers here, on the sixth floor of the old school book depository. It's the location where, according to the Warren Commission, Lee Harvey Oswald fired the shot that killed the president. There's no way, being up there, that I could have made that, that shot. That researcher that you saw who was planning to comb the Dallas sewers is from East Texas, and we've talked to him today. Jack Brazil has dedicated his life to finding out what really happened the day President Kennedy died. It is tomorrow that he is taking that eight-man entourage to Dallas to look for some answers. His crew will be armed with magnets, grappling hooks, flashlights, walkie-talkies, and other tools. They'll be looking for any evidence that an assassin or assassins use the sewers as a hideaway or perhaps a getaway route. Uh, number two, uh, I need to prove to the Federal Bureau of Investigation that I can get into the Dealey Plaza area and get out and walk out 2,440 feet away. So this is them, like, doing their investigation and just some cool photos that I thought were interesting. That's the route that this sewer system goes through under the triple underpass. Leads right to the spot where I believe the fatal shooter was just waiting. And that's the end of it. That's where it goes out.
So I'm going to show you again what it looks like today and what it would look like if you were the shooter. So this is what the shooter would have seen. So, do you have any thoughts about that, Jake? Yeah, man, I'm I'm glad you showed very clearly the tunnel, because um, when we talk about the storm drain in some of our previous videos, it seems like it would be like a small storm drain, but when you show that picture of that big entrance mm -hmm. to that that tunnel, it's you you get perspective of wow, this guy could have full blown like been sprinting down that thing and got away. Well, and Nobody there, would have known. there were reports that there was a man that had come into a shop shortly after the assassination. And I can't find that video anywhere, but I saw it like two years ago and he went into a shop and he was covered in mud, like sewage mud and had a gun bag, a gun in a bag and left it somewhere in downtown Oak Cliff area of Dallas and Everybody likes to forget about that that guy, but wow. I just thought it was pretty interesting, and I wanted to share that with you guys. Yeah, that was great, man. All right, so we're going to be talking about this guy again, Robert Tilton. I also found some, some, uh, some crazy footage of him as well, um, but before I do that, I want to play this next clip that's a recap, so let's play that recap. As many as 30 million Americans tune in each month to watch this kind of religious programming. The typical viewer lives in the South or Midwest, has only a high school education, and is usually a woman, often 55 or older. God gave me this truth. He didn't send me the rich fat cat. No, he certainly didn't. Most followers make between 15 and $25,000 a year. But while they may be on a tight budget, they're extremely generous. And no one knows that better than televangelist Robert Tilton. You're now going to meet a man who takes in more money than the income, we figure, of Madonna and Michael Jackson combined. Where it takes a lot of money to keep one of these TV ministries on the air. Making money and marketing are what this man does best. People said his organization is a state-of-the-art factory for donations. All for the operations and bank accounts of the Robert Tilton ministry. And I'll tell you something else. Those that mess with me, they're messing with the apple of God's eye. This is Robert Tilton. He has the fastest growing ministry on television today. You foul, rotten, sneaking devil, I'm going to beat you up, you devil. I'm going to cut you to pieces in the name of Jesus. Viewers are riveted by his melodrama, his quirky style. I love you. And he parlays all of it into a high-tech church in Dallas and more airtime than almost any other televangelist. I'll say yes, Lord. Tilton takes in so much money, he makes other TV ministers look like amateurs. And I want you to make a thousand dollar vow of faith. Oh, I know you probably don't have a thousand dollars, but vow it. Try to find out how much money Tilton makes and you discover the ministry is shrouded in secrecy. The pastor has bodyguards. His offices are sealed off with armed security and surveillance cameras. But Primetime obtains some of Tilton's financial documents. These are daily deposits. And based on these, Tilton's followers sent his ministry conservatively $80 million a year, tax-free. Tilton's televised service is an expensive multimedia variety hour. 
but for all his flashy style, Tilton insists he's still a simple preacher who cares about the sickness and suffering of his followers. Bones, come together! Now move it around. Start moving it around. Start thanking God. Who else in severe pain? He also tells followers he'll pray for their miracles, so they should send him money. In this fundraising campaign two months ago, Tilton told followers he was making a pilgrimage to the mountains just for them. Separated myself from the hustle and bustle of the city life, just as Jesus withdrew himself and went to the mountainside to pray. Like Jesus? The Bible says Jesus went to fast and separate himself from worldly things. Pastor Bob flew first class to a posh ski resort in Colorado. Three suitcases for five days. A room with a fireplace. He even brought his own television along while asking followers to send in money. So we decided to take hidden cameras to see what we could learn about Robert Tilton's fundraising. It led us first to the nerve center of his ministry, a company that organizes his direct mail. It's called Response Media. Jim Moore is president of Response Media. He handles not only Tilton, but a number of big corporate accounts. We told Moore that we were media consultants for this man, Dallas Minister Ole Anthony. We asked him to show us how to start a big money ministry like Tilton's. Give him something free. Now we want to mail you the next copy of X, get the name and address. No. New names is the key. New names. We learned that once people give you their names, it's easy to keep them on the hook. You mail them something with a gimmick in it. First of all, when you send an item in it, it gets your attention. Tilton sends out an avalanche of things he asks viewers to send back to him. Miracle prayer claws he promises to touch and place upon an altar. Arrows he'll use to take aim at a sufferer's needs. There's holy water from the River Jordan, miracle anointing oil. Though Moore said some of the items come from that holy place, Taiwan. The letters accompanying the items are written by ghost writers to pressure followers to write back and make donations too. Does it work? send them in by the truckloads. It's a great marketing scheme. There's a feeling of obligation to send it back, and they do. And usually they're going to send it back, oh, I'll go ahead and get five dollars. Uh, it just, I'm not sure exactly all the reasons why it works, but I can tell you from years and years of experience, it does. And when the letters arrive, they're processed so the company knows which fundraising appeals you can use to squeeze followers for the most donations. Take clients' files and run them up against demographic information and create a uh, a profile of who their people are, uh, how many people have cars that are uh, new. So it's market research, not God, who can tell Tilton which appeals reach the richest donors, which illnesses create the most dollar opportunities. Someone had a growth. I just saw a growth being healed. And Tilton creates the impression that after he pays for his overhead and all that expensive airtime, the money goes to good works like these, his missions around the world. But we tracked down every charitable contribution of Tilton we could find. And we calculate he spends more in a year on billboards around Dallas than he does on all of these missions combined. And what about this mission, Tilton's Orphanage in Haiti? We kept thinking about Bob Jones and how he told us you could just fix yourself up a sign and claim an orphanage. Put your name on there, whatever you want. At the World Harvest Orphanage. Tilton uses three different names for his Haiti orphanages. We asked the government officials in charge of foreign missions if they'd heard of any of Tilton's orphanages. They said no. So nothing from Robert Tilton here. And Tilton's marketing director made it clear when it comes to money for missions, Tilton is very smart. He's careful not to say what donation goes where, so he can avoid, again, how Jim and Tammy got caught. They could have taken as much money as they wanted to and never gotten drunk. Yeah, Robert Tilton, as I knew him, was practicing to become a salesman. 
that was his concept of success. This man who wanted anonymity is just one of several old friends of Robert Tilton who talked to us. He remembers when they were in college, they would use drugs or get drunk and go off to tent revivals as a kind of sport. And we'd be drunk and uh, go down front, fall to our knees, uh, speak in tongues. I think that anybody who was there would realize that some people are going to believe anything. And all you have to do is capitalize on that belief. Tilton and his friends started developing parodies, so-called Jesus raps of their own. Oh, dear God, come into this young woman's life here tonight. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, we believe in prayer. We believe in miracles. I personally thought I was a lot better at it than he was. Tilton, who never finished college, admits he was a drug user, but says he was saved when some people came to his house and explained Christ. I just changed. I just fell in love with everybody. But he never tells followers how he and his friends talked about running preacher scams and cashing in. We said that when we graduated, that we would buy a good tent, a dynamite sound system, a good amen section, and fly around the country and get rich. We sold everything that we had on an old ragged tent, a big old truck, and a travel trailer, and we headed out to tell people about this gospel of Jesus. That was 1974 when Tilton started out, and by 1981, he had hit the big time. How? For several years, Tilton courted a man counts have tied to organized crime and drug smuggling. Herman Beebe, a financier whose banks gave Tilton a $1.3 million loan, though Tilton claims he never met the man. And after Tilton got the money, he got a new image, too. A permanent wave for his hair, plastic surgery. And like his good buddy Jim Baker, a talent for tears on demand. He says, I was washing my face this morning. All the cancer fell off. And we were there one day with Hidden Camera when he made it clear the tears of his followers are good for the TV pitch, too. I'm thinking so many people crying and his followers believe what Tilton says about himself in the ministry magazine. That he only gets a salary set by an independent firm and one perk, a parsonage. But could this be the parsonage in Swank Rancho, Santa Fe, California? A $4.5 million Lakeview home with pool, jacuzzis, thousands of dollars in furnishings, a four-car garage for Tilton's Mercedes. And the house was paid for in cash. Or is this the parsonage in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where Tilton has just bought a $132,000 boat? Tilton's ministry is building yet another home in Las Colinas, Texas, while in the meantime, renting a fourth home, also in Texas, for $6,000 a month. And take a look at this. Tilton has organized his ministry as a sole proprietorship, giving himself access to all its wealth. Bank says he has $1.5 million in cash and CDs. He has access to $14 million in treasury bills and real estate bought at a cost of $40 million. That's in all $60 million in assets available to Tilton. There's only his board to hold him accountable. So who's on the board? Tilton, his secretary, and his wife. Now, at the time that we covered Robert Tilton in episode 18, I couldn't find a video of him making a comment after this TV segment aired. Uh... But somebody recently uploaded it, and it's crazy to see how sick and and sad and almost how how comical it was at the end. Because this this next clip is the beginning of the end of Robert Tilton. So let's play that clip. Uh, Diane Sawyer, 
showed a dipsy dumpster with supposedly thousands of prayer requests thrown into it. First of all, that could never have happened. It had to be a lie. Now, unless they were stolen, every prayer request that comes in to me, I personally pray over it, says to me, every prayer request that comes in, that gets into our office, that gets into our mail, I personally pray over. I begin to pray over stacks of the prayer request forms that you send in. Those prayer request forms have ink on them and uh, all kinds of chemicals. I laid on top of those prayer requests so much that the chemicals actually got into my bloodstream, began to swell my capillaries. It got into my immune system. And I, these chemicals got in my body, and I have two of the top doctors did all these tests on my blood. It caused me to have the capillaries swelled in my head, swelled in my eyes. If you know anything about your immune system, if you know anything, it caused allergic reactions to these chemicals. Even my immune system got so torn up. He said, what does this have to do with your boat or your house? Just stay tuned and listen, okay? And give a guy a chance, okay? That was, now, I prayed over those prayer requests, and I still pray over them, but I prayed over those prayer requests so much that it got into my system and it caused the capillaries, the little tiny blood vessels to swell in my brain and I had two small strokes in my brain that brought about some numbness in my body. A lot of the reporters, they're under incredible pressure to come up with the most incredible stories in order to keep their jobs. And they will do anything to make that almighty dollar. Yes, the church bought a nice parsons out there you should remember that for years I built and sold and designed homes. I can build and design and sell houses in my sleep. We saw a house, it was under construction. Yeah, it cost $1.8 million. Blew us away, but California in those days was extremely high prices. And it's all legal and there is nothing wrong with it, okay? I have done nothing illegal. You say, well, you shouldn't have it. Listen, Diane Sawyer, Ole Anthony, those people do not want you to know the things that we do. Ole Anthony was personally told of several of the things that we have done to help kids in our hospital in, Me hospital in Mexico. That is there, by the way, that they have seen, but they wouldn't put it on television, okay? Get me riled up. I mean, you know, I am just, I cannot believe how these people lied and think that they can get by with it. That, and that, that college guy, some guy came on with a hidden face, wouldn't show his face, said that he was a college buddy, and how he and I used to scheme and plot about how we were going to be big tent preachers and conda people. I never heard of that in my life. I never even thought about preaching in college. All I thought about was going to the Tahoka Strip at Texas Tech where all the bear joints were. And those prayer requests in the Dipsy Dumpster, that had to be somebody stole those prayer requests and put them in the dumpster just to shoot that picture. No prayer request is ever thrown in a dumpster. And if it has been, it's been stolen and set up there just for photography. Well, you're just saying that. No, I'm not. I am here before God and I'm not going to hell for no man. I am here before God. My wife and I are as honest as the day is long and probably the cleanest and most honest organization possible in the ministry today. You're on the outside, you just look so holy and pretty and clean, but on the inside, you're full of dead men's bones? Believe me, the, the devil thought he killed Jesus, but God raised him from the dead. You can't keep a good man down. Now, if you sent a donation in thinking you were buying a miracle, Get real. You don't buy a miracle. I teach worshiping God for your tithes and offerings, and it says that every time somebody came to God and wanted something, they worshiped him through their giving. Now, what are your thoughts about that reply, Jake, after watching the first clip? I mean, the, the recap. 
I mean, I just think it hurt his case. Like it just, it actually showed what kind of a wolf he was, you know? Yeah. I think whenever you see these things, we always have to ask the question, uh, what is the motivation of the people who are doing the trickery? Yep. And what is the motivation also of the people exposing trickery? If there is trickery going on, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, it's an important question to ask because we've learned in the past year or two that misinformation, uh, is one of the tools that the government and these, you know, woke types use to discredit people that actually have the right intentions. But at the same time, there's always the wolf in sheep's clothing, you know, scenario where people are just there to swindle others. And and it really does make you want to question, like, all these different ministries, who is legitimate and who's not. And, and to me, it brings to mind the whole wheat and the tare uh, passage in the scripture of the how the kingdom of heaven is likened to a field. And the field had two types of plants, wheat and tares. And that they would be separated after they were allowed to grow. And so it really, you know, I think bottom line, that's how it is in reality is there are people with the right intentions that are doing, you know, what they think is right. But there's also people there for the wrong reasons. So very well put. Well, that's all I got for Robert Tilton. I just thought that was interesting because it was recently uploaded. Um, So this last clip, uh, Oprah Oprah showed me earlier and I know that today you know lives and the Democrats have a hard time defining what a woman is and what biology is but check out this clip boys are boys from the beginning if you were born a boy you stay a boy (laughs) girls are girls right from the start when you're born a girl baby you grow up to be a bigger girl and then a woman. Everybody's fancy. Everybody's fine. Your body's fancy. And so is mine. Only girls can grow up to be the mummies. Only boys can grow up to be the daddies. Everybody's fancy. Everybody's fine. Your body's fancy. And so is mine. That little common sense clip, is that not funny? I mean. Good old Mr. Rogers, right? Telling it like it is, you know. And now today we live in clown world where we can't even say what a boy is and what a girl is. And it's just funny to see how far we've come in in such a short time. But that's all. Good find, Opa. Yeah, good find, Opa. So uh, that's all I got for history. So you ready for some memes? Got some great ones. Let's do it. Meet me up. Meet me up. All right. So we have the benefits of Coca-Cola. It's a great toilet bowl cleaner. It cleans (laughs) dirty car batteries. Replaces glass cleaner. It loosens rusty bolts. Makes great chrome cleaner. Removes stain from tile, removes concrete stain, and removes ink stain. So, just in case you guys needed any of that, you know, (laughs) you got Coke. Yeah. Everything happens for a reason. Sometimes that reason is simply making a really bad decision. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, how true. 
you know, uh, we shared a lot of scripture last week, and so I wanted to put this in here. The enemy didn't tempt Adam and Eve to murder, steal, or tell a lie. He tempted them to question the word of God, and his tactics haven't changed. So, uh, you know, with the whole topic of wolves in sheep's clothing, and, you know, there's 40,000 denominations. Who's got it right? Well, there's people that show up in the doors of these establishments, and they're brand new, right? New believers seeking guidance. And then here's a train that comes and bashes it out of the way. Old believers pushing unscriptural traditions. So, you know, there is the uh, the people that are seeking with all their heart. And there's a promise in the scriptures that if you seek me with all of your heart, you'll find me. But there's also people that are going and participating in more of a country club style of Christianity. Yep. Now, uh, here's a funny one for you guys. <clears throat> Well, hello, fellow chicken farmers. I'm curious as to if you're able to sell more than $600 worth of eggs each year. <laughs> Not IRS. That's oh, funny. man. That's hilarious. And, uh, you know, why would that be important, right? Well, forget the flowers. The times have changed. This is the new way to, you know, win someone <laughs> over. Here, now you can grow, you know, chickens and have eggs and stuff. Yeah. All right, check this out. When you post something super controversial on Facebook and just go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> or get on a plane. Oh, <laughs> Sometimes I feel this way when we post our episodes on Friday to see how long, uh, you know, YouTube comes in with the ban hammer. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to be sleeping soundly tonight, but when I wake up in the morning, it might not be there anymore. <laughs> oh, man, that the day before always, the day before an episode airs, uh, it's almost the worst for me because I know something's bound to happen. Like they're going to, they're yep. going to copyright something or find a way to, to, to get us for something. But. All right. Here's another one. Uh, now she knows how I feel when she's shopping for clothes. I could relate to this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's just sitting there bored in the hardware store or whatever. Finding a loving spouse, leaving modern society, becoming self-sufficient, and building a farm that supports your kids and grandkids is so much cooler than banging random people from dating apps. And it's crazy that this is controversial today. Uh, you know, whenever we talk about the culture war, we as a culture are being desensitized. Uh, and, and we have to realize that the most valuable things are family uh, it's heritage, it's our beliefs, our faith. Um, but here's a, here's a funny one I found. Uh, Israelites, do we still get to go to the promised land? Moses, uh, I guess you guys aren't ready for that yet. Uh, and it says here just below, sorry. But your kids are going to love it. <laughs> you know, that famous scene from... Oh man, I love uh, that series. It's probably my favorite movie series of all time. Back, Back to the Future. The future. Here's a cool flat earth promo truck. Somebody's driving around, uh, you know, flatearth101.com. NASA is a hoax. They know that you're stupid. Fake X. When you leave potatoes in the bag for a month. Oh my gosh, that is so true. <laughs> they start growing the little uh -huh. white, you know. All right. And last one uh, humans are designed to create. This is why you get depressed when all you do is consume. So, oh, actually, I got a few more here. Uh, just a good reminder, of course, 
how you know we need to stay productive don't take your talents and bury them you know go and use them i I think there's a lot of people out there that are afraid to actually step out and and do something other than consume and and we don't want to be locked into that seat of being consumers only yep uh here's another uh mountain jew (laughs) all righty and uh you look like an angel. Angels, biblically accurate version. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So not so much of as a compliment anymore, I guess, or is it? All right, man. Well, thank you for the current news. And Opa, thank you for another great Opa's Corner. And I hope you guys enjoyed the history. And thank you for watching Skiba News Nation episode 32. We'll see you in episode 33. And stay on the quest for truth and stay tuned. If you would like to submit a story topic or have any other inquiries please email submit at skibanewsnation.com also you can email jeremiah skiba personally at jeremiah at skibanewsnation.com also email jake personally at jake at skibanewsnation.com if you want to write us a letter send us something help support us or just say hi please send your letter to jeremiah skiba p.o box 560-271 the colony texas 75056 if you write us a letter, I'll do my best to write you back. Hey, Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, subscribe, and click that notification bell so you never miss an episode of Skiba News Nation. If you want to help support us, please consider becoming a Patreon, where you will get exclusive content, shoutouts, and much more. And you can also support our channel by getting yourself some new Skiba News Nation merch. Thank you for coming on this journey with us as we continue to stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Nation. Also, you can listen to Skiba News Nation podcast on your favorite podcast platform.